Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on the Fridays with Francis podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to be with me. Just a reminder, these podcasts are the audio versions of the video live streams that I do every week on Fridays at 8.15 Eastern on my Facebook page, Monk Musings, or my Instagram profile, Francis OSB. If you'd like, head on over to those platforms and you can see the video live stream either while I'm doing it or it also gets saved so you can watch it anytime you'd like. In the meantime, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and thanks for joining me. Here's the latest episode of Fridays with Francis. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Fridays with Francis. Starting early so that people can get their watch parties in. And so that... We can get everything ready to go here. Hello, Janet and John. Okay. Thanks to all of you for joining. We're going to start in a few minutes. i got to get Instagram going still. I'm just putting some notes together for tonight's topic. So glad that you're here. Very glad that you're here, so thank you for joining us. Hello everybody. Thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks for being. I'm just finishing my my notes uh, for time. I still have to get Instagram going. I'm going to get Instagram going in just a few minutes. But so glad you're here. We'll start in a few minutes. Oh, hi, Mitch. So glad Mitch is here. So, let's see. Okay. All right, I'm going to disappear for a second while I get Instagram going. Be right back. <coughs> Hello, Instagram. Instagram is live. We love it. We love it. We'll get going. I'm going to try to start right at 8.15 tonight. So thank you all for being here. Instagram is starting to come online now, too. Hello, Instagram. Uh, 
I'm checking the book before I check the book. Hello, everyone. Gonna get going in about 30 seconds here. So. <clears throat> I'm gonna blow my nose. I know it's uncouth, but it's gotta happen. Sorry, friends. Yeah, that's rude. I'm sorry. Okay. Hi, Anne. Hello, Joni. Hello, everyone. Instagram is going. Good evening, everyone. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome to another episode of Fridays with Francis. Congratulations. You made it another week. We made it another week. Here we are, Friday once again. Uh, again, so grateful that you're here with me tonight as we continue this this journey. And who knows what this journey is going to look like uh, next week or the week after or in a couple weeks. But while we're able to, while I'm able to do what I can do, um, here I am. So uh, you made it through another week. We made it through another week. So let's uh, let's get started because I think what I have today is. Uh, it might take a little bit longer. So let's begin as we begin all things in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come upon us, to touch our hearts, to fill us with your love, and to show us the way to God the Father and to his Son, Jesus Christ, and to help us to know that you are the God of all creation. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as you may or may not know, uh, tonight's topic is on the Eucharist. Uh, I could do one of these sessions every week for the rest of my life, and still not talk fully about the Eucharist. But I wanted to talk about the Eucharist uh, today because this coming Sunday is the Feast of Corpus Christi. Feast of Corpus Christi, the Feast of the Body of Christ, the Body and Blood of Christ. And uh, two reasons why I wanted to talk about the Eucharist. One was Corpus Christi. The other is that many of you out there are starting to be allowed to go back to church Again, I know in New Hampshire, the diocese requested that folks be that parishes uh, they should try to they try needed to try to open last weekend, but if they couldn't, they had to be open by this coming weekend for the feast of Corpus Christi, which is also why I wanted to talk tonight about the Eucharist. And so I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I'm going to try really hard 
in this discussion to not get into really high, what I like to call egghead theology. Um, that's going to be difficult for me, uh, but I will do my best. And so what I want to start uh, with tonight is I want to paint you a picture. And I want you to just come along with me on this journey, uh, thinking about the time of Jesus, when Jesus lived, where he lived, and what he saw. And this is what I want you to think about. In first century Palestine, you're a Jewish person, and about, I believe it's three times a year, you were required to make a pilgrimage to the city of Jerusalem, more specifically to make a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, today, all that's left of that temple is what we what is known as the Western or Wailing Wall. But all Jews in this time were required to make a pilgrimage to the temple, a massive, massive structure. Uh, the whole city of Jerusalem was based around it, basically. And you did that for a couple reasons. Uh, it was the least important, it being it was it was a social interaction. But the most important reason was that you went to the temple in order to make sacrifice. And why would you make sacrifice? Well, you would make sacrifice because that is how the Jews, the Jewish people, were told in the book of books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, that's how they were told that their sins would be forgiven. So picture it. You're a Jewish person in first century Palestine, and you're heading to the temple. And you get to the temple, and what do you see? Well, you go up a massive staircase, and you come into this grand courtyard. And in this grand courtyard are tables and tables and tables and tables and tables. What are these tables set up for? Well, there are merchants there. And the merchants there are selling the items that you are going to sacrifice. So they're selling birds, pigeons, goats, sheep, lambs, bulls, cows, animals. You could also sacrifice grain or bread or wine. That'll be important in a minute. And so you would go there and you would purchase something to be sacrificed. And the money went to these merchants, but it also helped keep up the temple. You would take your sacrifice and you would go further into the temple complex where you would meet one of the priests. And you would give the sacrifice, the live animal or bread or wine, to the priest. And the priest would then accept that sacrifice from you, and the priest would sacrifice the offering to God. How would he do that? Well, if it was an animal, he would place it on an altar, on the altar. He would ritually kill the animal, and then he would burn it 
you would go away and knowing that you made your sacrifice and your sins were forgiven. This is where the term scapegoat comes from. You bought a goat. He's going to take your sins and the goat is going to die for you in your place because of what you did. That's where the term scapegoat comes from. The priest, for his part, would sacrifice the animal, burn it, and then he would eat the flesh. That's how the and they had hundreds of priests in the temple. This is how they were able to sustain themselves. They were able to eat. But I mentioned when they sacrificed the animal, they they you gave it to them live, they put it on the altar, and they sacrificed the animal. Well, obviously there's blood. And so in the temple in Jerusalem, under the altar were these big drains. Further under the temple ran the River Jordan. And so eyewitness accounts tell us that on big festival days, when the, every Jewish person was required to go to the temple, you would go uh, outside the city to the River Jordan, and it would be running red with blood and water, which will be important in a minute. So that was how the Jewish people made sacrifice to God, and it is how they obtained the forgiveness of their sins. Here's the problem. Right, well, there's two problems. First problem is you keep on sinning. That's human nature. So you have to keep sacrificing. Second problem is a goat or sheep or a lamb or bread or wine in this instance doesn't cancel out original sin. Hence why you keep sinning. And so you have to keep sacrificing. You have to keep sacrificing. Well, along comes Jesus. And there are two titles that we have to remember about Jesus, for Jesus, tonight. The two titles for Jesus that we have to pay attention to tonight are that Jesus is the eternal high priest and that Jesus is the Lamb of God. If you think about what I just said, you may know where I'm going with this already. So, Jesus comes into Jerusalem. He walks into the temple and he sees these money changers and these merchants selling all of this stuff. And he overturns the tables. You have made my father's house a marketplace. Right? Because wherever there's money, there's usually always greed or avarice or mismanagement. You've turned my father's house into a marketplace. 
and the Jewish establishment gets pretty mad at him, you know, because the priests in some way, they benefit from that, that monetary exchange as well. Upkeep of the temple didn't always mean, you know, putting a new roof on. You know, maybe the priest would pocket it a little. All right, I digress. So, Jesus comes into the temple. He's coming to the temple we at Holy Week, when we celebrate Holy Week, for Passover, one of those three festivals where every Jew has to be in Jerusalem. And so, on the Thursday evening of Holy Week, he gathers with his disciples, and this is where we're going to check the book. A lot of checking the book tonight. A lot of checking the book. And so he goes, uh, he comes into Jerusalem. Of course, I lost my place. Oh, no, it's here. Here we go. Gathers his apostles around him. And they eat a meal together of bread and wine. And he says, or sorry, Luke, Luke chapter 22 tells us this. He took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance in, of me. And likewise, the chalice after supper, saying, This chalice, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Okay. Do this in memory of me. That's going to be important. And then the next day. So, sorry, I should say, Thursday night, bread and wine. Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body. Take this, all of you, and drink it. This is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The apostles must be thinking at this time, what? What is he talking about? It becomes clear the next day. And so the next day comes, Good Friday. Jesus is sentenced to death by crucifixion. Huh. Jesus is going to die. But his death has a lot more meaning than we realize. And remember what I said, Jesus is the high priest and the Lamb of God. And so on Good Friday, Jesus, the high priest, sacrifices himself the Lamb of God on the altar of the cross. Why? Because he is also the perfect sacrifice. He is the sacrifice that will take away all of our sins. Now remember what I said about the temple before. And we go to the Gospel of John, chapter, 20, chapter 19. 
So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. I saw water flowing from the right side of the temple. Jesus sacrificed himself on the altar of the cross, just as a Jewish priest would have made a sacrifice in the temple. And blood and water flowed out the side, just as it did into the River Jordan. Jesus is the High Priest and the Lamb of God. He sacrificed himself for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. And so the apostles, who had all gone away at that point, come back together and they realize, oh wow, what he said the night before. He wants us to do this to remember him. To remember him because he said in John chapter 6 truly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood you have no life in you he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. So there's our connection to the Old and the New Testament. He sacrificed himself as a Jewish priest would have made a sacrifice, and thereby showed the world that he is the perfect sacrifice. And how do we know he's the perfect sacrifice? Because on Sunday morning he rose from the dead, which means that his sacrifice to forgive the world of its sins and to save us from eternal damnation and eternal death, it worked because he defeated death. His sacrifice worked. So that's Good Friday. Now you may say, well, that was Good Friday. What about today? Well, there was a Pew study that came out a couple months ago that said that majority of practicing Catholics don't believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And that's, that's a difficult thing for someone like me to hear, someone like me who is tasked with teaching. And so what I wanted to try to do tonight is set up for you how it started. But now to finish, I'd like to show you how it continues. And for that, we have to go to the Acts of the Apostles. I've got way too many. Here we go. 
So Acts of the Apostles. Jesus has died. He's risen from the dead. The apostles are all gathered in the upper room. Mary is there. Many wonders, and this is Acts chapter 2. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And, they, and the Lord added to their number day after day. They gathered with the apostles, and the apostles did what they heard on that Holy Thursday night. They took bread given to them by the people, and they offered it, and they spoke those words of Jesus, Take this, all of you, and eat it, for this is my body. And they took the wine offered by the people, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is my blood. In liturgical theology, and this is where the egghead stuff is going to come in, that is called anamnesis. It's a Greek word. And it means, it does not mean that you're going to remember something, but you're going to remember something as if you were there at the very moment. And so when Catholics, when we come to Mass, when we come to Mass, the sacrifice of the Mass, and we call it that, the sacrifice of the Mass is an anamnesis, is a remembering of that perfect sacrifice on Good Friday. When we come to Mass, we are present at the crucifixion. And the Apostles... They have successors, apostles appointed other apostles who appointed other apostles who appointed other apostles who are in our midst today. We call them bishops. They're led by the successor of St. Peter, the Pope. They have priests who are appointed to help them in particular places. And these are the priests who lead the people in anamnesis, in entering the Paschal mystery, entering that moment of Good Friday, each and every time we go to Mass. You're at the crucifixion. You are receiving the body of Christ offered, sacrificed, on the altar of the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. The priest, and God willing I will be one, is set aside and is ordained and chosen for this specific purpose, to stand in the place of Christ. To stand at that altar as Christ offering that 
bread and that wine, which will be, then become, through his prayers and through the prayers of all of you, the body and blood of Christ. When you think about, for me anyway, when I think about the historical reality and how that has continued uninterrupted for the last 2,000 years, no doubt in my mind that that's the body of Christ, that that's the blood of Christ. And so think about that when you get to Mass this weekend or whenever you're able to. That's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ. That's the blood of Christ. It makes the amen a little more powerful, doesn't it? I believe. And let me just read this Acts of the Apostles one more time. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they took, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. They gave thanks. What's the word for giving thanks in Greeks? In Greek, Eucharist. We go to the celebration of the Eucharist. So that we may realize we are at the crucifixion each and every time. Anamnesis. Why? We're going to receive the Eucharist. We're going to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. And all of you offer it. These words might sound familiar. Pray, my brothers and sisters that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and for the good of all his holy church. And so the church gathers today, just as the apostles did that first Holy Thursday, and then after the resurrection. Because we're not, we don't need to keep sacrificing goats and sheep and animals. We have the perfect sacrifice, the eternal high priest, Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who took away the sin, takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. And so when you come to when you go to Mass, you're at the crucifixion, you're at the Last Supper. So I hope that gives you an appreciation for the Eucharist and for the beautiful, beautiful gift that we've been given by God in his church 
if I could ask you two favors. Uh, the first being, think about this the next time you find yourself at Mass. And think about the fact that you are receiving the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And the second thing, and this is selfish, but I, I think you'll forgive me for it. Pray for, pray for your priests. Pray for those like me, and this is the selfish part, uh, who, are, who want to become priests. Pray that more people want to become priests. Uh, in this country, priests have betrayed people in some of the most horrible ways imaginable. But at the same time, priests have also lifted people up in some of the most extraordinary ways possible. All, all men that I talk to now who are studying to be priests want to be Christ for others. They want to stand in the place of Christ and be Christ to others. And so I have a lot of hope about the future of our church and about the future of the priesthood. But please pray for your priests. Uh, they are they are all they were already overextended, and COVID has not helped with that. And so pray for them. Be patient with them. That's a difficult one. But I would say I think most priests would would merely love you know a handshake and a hello, but if you're feeling really generous, a you know Father, is there anything I can do? So those are my two favors to ask for tonight, and I think we'll end there. Thanks for joining me tonight. Sorry that this is a little long, not as long as I usually like to go, but this is very important, I think. So have a great week. We'll see you here next week. Same time, same place. And until then, know that I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. Peace.